This is the What I Love For podcast for Thursday, June 20th, 2019. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the What I Love For podcast. And today I am starting my interview series. I've been wanting to do this interview series for a while now and I just didn't know how I was going to get it going. And I finally got it going. So uh, with this first interview, you're going to hear my friend John. Um, I'll introduce him a little bit later, but um, I have been wanting to do um, an interview series for a while, and I just hadn't figured out a way to do it, but now I kind of have a way to do it. Um, what you're going to hear is an episode that I actually recorded back in April, uh, late April, um, and I just never put it out until now. So <laughs> sorry about that, John. Um, so you'll hear about his story and and, and, and and all the other stuff that he's been going through um, with his weight loss journey and, and all his uh, in his powerlifting career, in his running career. But first, let's get some contact information out of the way. You can contact me at, uh, through email. Uh, you can contact me at uh, whatilivefourpodcasts at gmail.com, or you can reach out on social media on Instagram. My handle is at Willie Gillis. So this week, I am talking to my good friend, John Simons. John is a runner, a powerlifter, a crossfitter, and he also has a unique weight loss story. So this week, I'm sharing his story, and... I hope you guys enjoy it. With no further ado, let's get into this episode. And today I am joined by um, my my good friend, John Simons. How's it going? And I, I wanted to get him on the podcast because I wanted to to talk to him about his weight loss. Not just his weight loss, but I also wanted to talk to him about um, his weight loss. And he just recently did a powerlifting meet um, about, what, three weeks ago? Uh, yeah, something like that. Three weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah beginning of April. So, yeah. He, yeah. And I wanted to get him on to talk about um, just his journey so far and what what he had what he had to do to get from point A to point B. So, um, John, I wanted to start out with asking you, where did you grow up? Yeah, sure. So I grew up <clears throat> back in uh, New York. So currently I'm in South Carolina. And yeah. before that, it was with you in Texas, but yeah. started uh, Long Island and just a, you know, a little, uh, three, two other siblings in my immediate family and then my parents. Um, and then I've got three other stepbrothers. Uh, so we just, I grew up on Long Island, pretty much the same place we moved maybe twice, but we stayed in the same school district, yeah. um, further out East. And, uh, it was really, I mean, it was, it was the same area. You're talking like 20 minute radius. We never really moved far. Yeah. And so, and so, so since we're talking about just like where you grew up, like when did your when did weight become an issue for you? That uh, it, it hit on pretty early. So uh, so my father was you know in college he was a four and a half minute miler. So he was always and he he was an exterminator, drove all over the island. So he was active. Yeah. My brother was naturally pretty thin, um, and I was naturally not. <laughs> so my my childhood was typically my dad would take off running down the street. And my brother would be a few paces behind him, and I would be quite a few paces behind both of them just trying to keep up. Um, and that was, I mean, as early as I can remember, you're talking eight years old, even ten years old. It's just always been that way. And it, did you feel like you were different because, like, you were, like, the one that was, like, the heaviest and everybody else was, like, just, like, regular size skinny and, and, and all that? 
well, it was it was never me that felt like I was different, but you know, I just figured, okay, I'm I'm bigger, so I'm gonna wear sweatpants; they're more comfortable. <laughs> but but then once I started getting a little older, you know, middle school is the point where everyone thinks they're all that, and they haven't realized anything else yet. So they made me realize that I looked different because I never wore jeans, um, and because and being Jewish, I wore a yarmulke. So kind of had a target painted on me and they made me realize very quickly that I was a lot bigger than everybody else. Yeah. So, so you've, you've grown up being like heavier just in general. Um, what, what was the heaviest that you got to? Well, so just to give some perspective, I stand about five foot three. Okay. Um, heaviest I was about 225 pounds and that was in the, in the beginning and so ninth and tenth grade, so high school. Okay. And when when you got to the highest, like had had you tried to uh, do any kind of diet before that, just like try to lose weight before that, or that it just happened like after like after all that point? Well, you know, I, I ran junior high in junior high school. I ran track and cross country, yeah. and I had lost a significant amount there. But I was running just because I wanted to, not for weight loss. Um, after you know going through a little my father had died when i was in junior high school and when my mom remarried and we got to high school um my my now father had a lot of candy around the house so (laughs) summer break before high school i had no shame in eating all of it and i actually gained back about 25 pounds over a summer and then another 25 or 30 within the next year sulking that i had gained the first 25 so it all, like, I had gotten smaller, but then I gained even more back. And it just, I, at that point, there was really no going back. It was it was there. Yeah. And when did you, like, finally make the decision, like, you're like, I need to lose this weight? Like, what was the highest? Like, you said the highest you got to, but, like, what, what, was this, what was the moment you were like, I need to lose this weight once and for all? Yeah, you know, there's, there are very few times in my life I can recall a specific moment that changed me but this is one of those ones where i can i was standing in i had just woken up for high school so like quarter to six in the morning or something we had to drive to school then um and just from where we lived and my mom had come in and woke me up and i remember crying when she came in i'm trying to get dressed and i'm looking down at my stomach just holding my stomach and looking at her saying why can't i just chop this off like can i just get rid of it and i mean and that's kind of you know that's kind of I feel like that's kind of deep for a ninth grader, a tenth grader. But yeah. I mean, it was. If, I mean, it was very. Like, I still remember standing in the exact spot I was, and my mom just looking at me, and you know, kind of frustrated because she's she wasn't small herself, but also because what do you say to that? You know, you you can't you can't really answer that. That's all based on you're in high school, you're starting to make your own choices, and if you're going to eat the way you're eating, that's kind of on you. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely like, I know how you feel about that because I got, I was always the biggest kid like in in my family and also like in like school like, right. I, I can I can pretty much remember that I'm being the biggest kid in like elementary school, so like I I totally get that and then like, you get to high school and like as a ninth grader you're like I'm still just bigger than everybody else like why why yeah. is it harder for me to lose weight than everybody else. Yeah, and, and it's it's always that you know it's it's human nature, right? We're so focused on ourselves that when we look at it, we're we're thinking, well, that person's big, but it doesn't look bad on them. You know, they're they're okay. But yeah. then you look at yourself, and there's 
literally no slack. It's just, wow, this is awful. Um, and honestly, that's something I've battled since then. I've, I've had to battle that kind of thinking my whole life, even leading up to now. Yeah. And what was your biggest struggle, just like with food or just exercise or just in general? Uh, I think it, it was really sweets. So we, same, right same. after my father passed, we went, we went pretty organic, which is odd. You would think, you know, if you have less income, you'd not go organic. But I don't know how our mom made it work. And we started to eat pretty natural. And when we moved in with my now father... It was, you know, he, I mean, he had candy everywhere, pop tarts, whatever cereal we wanted. I loved all those things. I didn't really understand anything about why you wouldn't want to eat them. So I ate them. We didn't have them normally. Now they're there. I can just walk downstairs and get them. No, I totally, I totally get that. And that, that's, that was my problem and still is my problem. It's just like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's it a never ending battle. And, and it's gotten even, even worse because now like sugar's in like almost everything. So like you can't really avoid all no. of it. So like, no, I totally get it. Not without only eating what comes out of your house. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you said that like you, like sugar was your biggest thing. So, when you decided to, when you actually started losing weight, how much did you actually end up losing in general? So I think when I first, the first time I really did it, if I would go from when I started to when it kind of plateaued, I think I got down to about 185 or so. Okay. Um, and again, it was, it was, it was pretty rapid for the amount of weight that I ended up losing. Cause I think it was over the span of, um, a year. For the yeah. first bit, maybe a little less, and and that wasn't even really the best, right? Because I, I was frustrated with it, so I basically just, to me then, I had just stopped eating. Now, I think what I really did was I just cut back to what actually was a more healthy portion, Yeah. but to then, to the amount I ate, because I say sweets was my weakness, but I also ate a ton of regular food. Yeah. Um, so cutting that back was you know pretty drastic for me. Um, yeah. So, and, and you said, how long did it take you to, to lose all that? I think that was about a year. Cause come 11th grade, I actually did do another two months on the track team at my high school. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say it was about a, a year, maybe a year and a half if I'm stretching it. And then after all that, did you have any problems like trying to maintain that or, <laughs> No, that was that was my turning point. So as soon as I lost it, I guess that second time, because remember I lost it once in junior yeah. high school. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to have to look back at those pictures and try again a third time. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, no, we're we're gonna just do this right this time. So once I got my weight down, I just kind of started exploring exercise, seeing what worked with me and what didn't. And so you lost the weight and you've kept it off. And so like what, what's been helping you the most about keeping that off? Um, <laughs> knowledge is power. You know, that's everyone always claims that, but really once I realized what exactly it was that was doing it, not just, not just knowing what to eat and what not to eat, but kind of the understanding that, you know, it, it may taste awesome to wake up every day and eat hot fudge pop tarts. <laughs> <laughs> And then come home from high school or come home from work and just sit on the couch and eat a bucket of cheese balls because yeah. that's also what I used to do. You know, it may taste awesome and all that, but the feeling you get afterwards 
and the struggle that you get afterwards and just the general bodily functions that go awry from all of it, just understanding what I'm you know, at what cost am I going to eat all of that? I, I realize it just doesn't weigh out. Yeah. So I guess we're going to close this, this chapter of like just weight loss, but if you had any tips for somebody who was trying to lose weight, what, what would you tell them? I would tell them to, I would tell them honestly to avoid the scale because the numbers are, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're extremely misleading. You know, you can, you can be, if you're doing it a certain way, you'll get to a point where your numbers do not change for a year, but you're changing all of your clothing. You you can have a complete wardrobe overhaul from that. And if you just focus on the numbers, um, then you're just going to drive yourself crazy. So I would say, don't, don't go by numbers. I would get rid of a scale if you have to. Use yeah. one at your gym once a week if you really need a baseline um, for weight. But just ignore the numbers and just focus on what makes your body feel better. You know, because not everybody's the same. Some people work better with some foods. You know, me personally, there are some alternative um, sugar alternatives I can't handle. So, so, yeah. uh, and then my wife handles them fine. So just focus on your body and see what feels good and then just moderate. Actually, I had another question before we get to that. So, like, and and I was thinking about that because you know, you, you know, you have a wife and you have a, a, a she's three, right? Your daughter's three, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, three and a half. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you, what do you? I, I know you guys are pretty super healthy about just like food, food choices and stuff like this. What are you teaching her, um, j- just about being healthy? So we've tried to make it more of a. Um, not drilling it into her that, Hey, you have to eat this healthy thing. Yeah. You know, we just, we don't tend to keep much in the house. That's not healthy. And if we have a treat in the house, then we try to make sure that whatever one it is, it's a, it's a better option because you know, some, um, yeah, it's, it's not like we're going to 100% take sugar out of our lives forever. That would be the ideal, but that's not what happens. Yeah. So if we're out and we need to grab food quick, we make sure that it's it's a healthier thing. We're not going to get something loaded up with grease. We'll get her chicken. Um, if we're going to have a snack at home, it's not going to be some hot fudge sundae with M and M's and crushed up Oreos and all that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe we'll get a creamsicle or maybe we'll get um, something else that she considers a snack, yeah. like popcorn. Or my wife has gone as far as to tell her, "Hey, these prunes are candy. They're sweet." And then she's eating prunes and she thinks she's eating candy. Hey, she'll yeah it works, works believe yeah. It or not. yeah and she'll learn it later but at that point she's hooked so oh well yeah. <laughs> so at the point where or me and you met was you were running a lot um and you say you ran a little bit like in your past so like when i met you you had just moved here to texas and you started running with uh the golden triangle strutters um right. how how was that uh, how was running with a with a group? Because I know you guys were new to the area, but how how was that for y'all? Yeah, that that kind of <clears throat> that changed the whole game for me because when we right before we had moved to Texas, um, we trained up for <clears throat> a race in upstate New York called the Boilermaker. Yeah, and uh, so she ran the five k, I ran the fifteen k, and the way we trained was we'd start at the same point, say goodbye, and run in different directions. So, you know, fast forward to moving to Texas now, um, we show up and there's a group of 30 to 50 people at a time, all just running in all different um, brackets and 
I'm pretty competitive, but at the same time, I don't feel like I know that much when I do anything. So I'm just kind of thinking, well, I'll just jump in. Um, but the group just, I mean, running with a, a good group at that, you know, they, they empower you, they push you along. Yeah. Um, they don't, they don't throw any, you know, suppositions on you. They're just, Hey, if you're going to run, run with us. If you're going to run hard, then really run hard with us. And it just, it just fostered so much growth that I couldn't help but dive in. Yeah. Cause I, I, I noticed when you, when you first joined the group, like you were like, like kind of like timid a little bit, like you, you were like, you were just like kind of like standoffish, like you were just going to run and then just like, that was it. And then yeah. you got real like friendly with the group and, 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 and it, made you a better runner because like when I met you, you were, you were already running fast, but then you were like super competitive when you, when you were running races and stuff like that. Yeah. It just, it really, I think the group setting too just kind of pulled it out of me. I remember the, I still remember the first time I went and ran with y'all, um, buddy, our good friend, buddy, he Mm -hmm. was in the group I was running with and we're running, we're chit chatting the whole time. I don't remember exactly the comment he made, but it was something referencing the fact that I was running so casually at the speed that they were running and talking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had a flashback to my, my father who would tell me, hey, if you're running a race especially, but when you're running, don't talk because you use, you know, that's, that's air you need to be taking in and out. And here I am, half hour, just chit-chatting the whole time, thinking, huh, well, okay, maybe I need to go a little quicker. <laughs> Well, I mean, they really pushed you to be a better runner because, like, you, like I said, you came in there and you were already super fast already, but then you were, like, pushing, like, your daughter in a stroller, like, and then you started doing that during races, and, like, everybody else is watching you, like, what, man, wow, John's pushing a stroller <laughs> while and running they, and, a race, and it's in, insane. Yeah, they, but they made it so easy. I mean, it just, it was such a supportive group. I mean, I could walk in there and be like, hey, I'm going to try and run this 5K on my hands. And then go, sure, you want me to hold your water? I mean, it just, they, you know, they, they supported anything that we could come up with. Yeah. And, and again, um, like you said, it was also the fact that people noticed. I didn't feel like I was just showing up um, and then leaving. And I come back the next time and they go, oh, hey, what do you do? No, they definitely notice. Like if you start yeah. doing more and more and more, they know you by name. Like they know they know what your pace is. They're like, hey, come run with us. Like, yeah, you definitely like cemented yourself in that group. Yeah. And it was it was mind mind blowing, changed my entire perspective on fitness. And so, as you say, <laughs> change your whole perspective on fitness. Then you started doing CrossFit. <laughs> yep, Sh- shifted it again. Yep. I-, I can't sit still for long. What What was your decision to do CrossFit? You know, so I had done um, I had done parkour in college. So all the free running, the flips, yeah. the running up walls, and walking on my hands. And before my like in between that and running in junior high school, I did a little bit of weightlifting as I was trying to drop weight. Yeah, and I'm I'm talking it was all chest work really, um, some leg work, but. You know, trying everything and then solely running, I realized, you know, I kind of I kind of miss it a little bit. I kind of yeah. miss the actual like moving the weight and just seeing if I can. Um, and so I kind of I went to join a, a box out there, uh, CrossFit Beaumont. And right as I was about to sign the paperwork, a buddy of mine got in touch with me from my church, our youth pastor. Yeah. And he goes, hey, 
I'm starting up a, a CrossFit gym. Don't sign up. Come with me. <laughs> <laughs> and and my response was wasn't expecting that. And then I just didn't join for like three months. Yeah. Um, but then I eventually got into it. And again, that was another like a whole, another new level of here's a community get involved. Um, they just you know their CrossFit is I'm, I'm sure you know it's so competitive. Yeah. But if you've got a nice a nice close knit box, which we were and they still are because it was a lot of newer people, they've figured out just like Golden Triangle Shredders did. Um, you know they figure out what your weaknesses are, where your strengths are. They push you where you have to, and then even push you where you don't. And it just becomes so emotionally driven that you're like, oh, like they're waiting for me to do this. I have to get it. <laughs> so how was how was that first workout like when you? join crossfit and you you did that first workout how was that well it was southeast texas so sweaty <laughs> just like all, all of our runs but uh but i mean it was i was i had the cardio right so that felt pretty normal yeah. i'm used to the sweat but it was just it was another level of fatigue and i i fully came to understand what i later learned that you have to start crossfit slow yeah your first month isn't supposed to be anything about prs or any of that it's just figuring out movements and learning to move that much at that intensity in that amount of time yeah um yeah breathing heavy i was sore for weeks <laughs> i remember weeks. when you when you joined crossfit because like you were running and then like i think i worked out with you like at exogen at the yeah. gym for a little bit and then you switched to crossfit and i was like i was like john's doing something else again <laughs> and then like you started yeah and then you started doing crossfit and then like you started like loving it like every time i would see you like man we're doing this and i was like wow he's really enjoying crossfit it just it clicked there, there yeah. was something something about just the the weights with the cardio or i figured hey you know i've i've done it all before but i've never done it together yeah and then um and then kind of fast forwarding to which i may be stealing a question from you here but um, when I got my level one certification, that just drove so much because I realized that, you know, I'm an engineer. There's so much science behind fitness if you if you take the time to find it. Yeah. And I was connecting so many dots that I could kind of just build everything into, you know, a, you know, formulating my workouts to make sure that I was accomplishing something, not just hitting muscle groups. Yeah. And what made you uh, make the decision to get your certification? I was, the more I was getting into it, I was really just like, I'd see people doing something and want like itching to correct them and stop them and make them fix, you know, form or, or any, you know, all that, making sure they're using the appropriate weight. And the, uh, my, my buddy who owned the box was looking for coaches. Yeah. Um, he was about to, him and his wife were pregnant. They were close to having a baby. So he was going to need extra hands around the gym. Um, and he opened up the, the first building that he started renting was across the street from my job. So it was real easy for me to hop in and coach a workout, do a workout and still get to work showering before my first meeting. Yeah. Um, so I just went all in and plus I got a free membership to the box. So that was pretty <laughs> cool too. So how often did you do CrossFit? Uh, I was doing it at least five times a week. Oh, wow. Um, and then sometimes I wouldn't be doing it necessarily like a workout, but I would just go in on like a Sunday afternoon and just train some form. Yeah. 
And were you still run? You were still running then, weren't you? Yeah, not as intensely. Yeah. Um, you know, I had I had started again with 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 going in between jobs. My my four forty five group that I was running with at four forty five in the morning. Um, I couldn't make those runs as much anymore because of the time I had to be at work. Yeah. So this just kind of filled in that spot. And did you and did you do anything competitively with CrossFit? I can't remember if you did any. Uh, I did one competition. And how did that um, go? Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I can't say horrible, but the you know the the second workout that we had, the second of the three, um, it was, I think it was three rounds. It was like a, a dual thing. So first was three rounds for time of like ten or twelve push-ups and a certain number of calories on the bike, and then you had to get your max um, clean. Or, yeah, your max clean. And I got to the second round of the bike and push-ups and did the push-ups and couldn't get up. <laughs> Literally just like laid on the floor. I could not stand up. I couldn't move. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> so you, you're you doing CrossFit and then you you get a new, a new job in, in Carolina, right? Yep, South Carolina. And so... As as you're transitioning to Carolina, you are you still doing CrossFit or are you kind of trying to just fit in? Um, I I was at first I was still doing CrossFit very religiously. So we were doing a bit of traveling, and everywhere we went, I stopped and found a box local and dropped in, caught a wad, trained something, um, and then even even when I first started working at, at this job, um. I was on the I was on shift for the first six months, but I was trying to find any way I could. I was dropping in at boxes in Texas and I mean, sorry, here in South Carolina, just yeah. trying to find one that would would work on the route to work with a longer commute and just like that was all I was trying to make fit. Yeah, and then and then I noticed once you moved to Carolina, you started doing more with your Instagram. Like you started posting more stuff about your fitness and what you were doing. Cause you started posting a lot of your workouts. Right. Once you, once you <clears throat> left Texas and um, what made you want to uh, just do more stuff on Instagram? Well, right before I left Texas, I had, um, I'd applied. So there, there's the, the supplement company now, Redcon one. Um, they've been pretty up and coming, I tried their meal replacement, um, MRE, yeah. and absolutely fell in love with it. It was, I mean, you know, four, four scoops, 75 grams of carbs, 47 grams of protein. Um, so I could, and that's four scoops, so I could make that anything I want. I could just take two. I could take all four. Um, and I started trying to use that to supplement with my CrossFit to get me what I needed, like surrounding my workouts. Um, then I found out they had a program where you could, you know, be a brand ambassador, but you had to have an active social media, um, applied the first time they denied me. Boo hoo. (laughs) So, so in came the Instagram for a couple months to try and make it so that I had more of a social media presence and hopefully they'd accept me. Yeah. So that pushed that. And so are you are you with Redline now? Are you ambassador now? Are you are still uh, yep. actively trying? So right after I got to South Carolina, probably about I want to say a month or two after I applied again, um, just after I, <clears throat> as you noticed, I started posting more, yeah. and at that point I think it was about five days got accepted or seven days or something. 
Um, so that that was exciting. So I just kept going with it because hey, if I now I'm just kind of enjoying starting to understand how to show stuff without just being self obsessed, but really just to show progress. Um, so I've been with Redcom One now since we since pretty much since I moved here. Um, still using su- their supplements and and that's really been another big game changer with my with my lifting in general. And I, and I enjoy that you you post like your progress on on social media now, like because you were real like iffy about it. Because I remember talking to you about it, like yeah, before you left, you're like you didn't know if you wanted to post that stuff, and then you started doing more and more of it. Yeah, it, I mean, and it it's just I I never want to be so self obsessed. You know, it's it's not, um, you know, I'm I'm supposed to I'm called to be humble. You know, that's yeah. that's. And I feel like, or something I struggled with was the the thought of if I'm going to have a whole account that's just dedicated to me lifting weights or running or, hey, I'm getting a cup of coffee. You know, how how is that something that impacts someone and isn't just throwing my life in their face? And it wasn't until I started seeing, honestly, posts from you and our friend April yeah. Um, that I really started to understand that, yeah, you can, you can put your life out there without making it look like you're trying to make people see you. Yeah. You don't um, have to put everything out there. Like you can put, you, I mean, most people choose what they want to put out there, but like, right. I wanted to be like for me and I know for April pretty much like we were putting stuff out just to show the progress of this is where I started with day one and this is where I'm at day 365. So, right. I, and I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've always I've always admired yours specifically, all of your social media because you you don't filter. Some weeks you're posting the progress, and other weeks you you post the the not progress. You know the steps backwards and the steps forward. And for me, when I see other people posting that so genuinely, and I'm sure for other of, of your listeners and just people in general, they're they're looking at it and seeing, hey, someone else has this problem too. Yeah, because you- la- just last week. They were fine, and now they're struggling. Yeah, you can't just post the good stuff. Like I feel like if you want, if you want people to really take you seriously, you have to post all of it. Um, yeah, and 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 that's what I just I've always been like that. I like I don't ever post the most filtered picture. Like, right? Like, I don't do that. Like I just I just feel like that's not that's not authentic. No, it's it's not at all. And I mean that's it's one of those things where yes, that gets you followers, but it gets you real followers so that people act, you, know, you actually I, it sounds weird but i guess you actually matter like it's not just a, an account that's taking out pictures but it's actually something that you don't know who you're impacting someone's got a journey they're going on maybe the the thing that you post authentically is the thing that turns their life around yeah no definitely and so since we're talking about being authentic, so <laughs> what made you decide? <laughs> what made you decide to do a powerlifting meet? Because like you went from from losing weight to running to CrossFit, and then you all of a sudden, and I had no clue you were going to do this. You're like, I'm going to do a powerlifting meet. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what made you decide to do that? You know, so when when I got to South Carolina. Um, the first, like I said, the first six months I was on a shift rotation, so four on, four off, alternating between days and nights. Um, it's it's pretty hard to have a solid workout regimen when you're swinging between day and night shifts. Yeah. 
Um, I've worked nights before. It was miserable then, and it was miserable this time. I absolutely hated that. Um, and I was, I was, I was struggling. You know, I couldn't draw in a box because I wasn't going to get my money's worth when I was restricted of when I could go, um, and restricted the energy I'd have from the lack of sleep. Yeah. Uh, but we, but you know, the company I work for, Newcore, they have a killer gym on site. Talking outfitted for CrossFit, for powerlifting, for cardio, whatever you want to do. No, I've seen this gym. I was like, I thought that was an actual gym you were going to. I did not know that was your place of employment. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> and if and pretty much if you can get people that want it, they'll buy it, and that's how they out, outfitted the CrossFit yeah. stuff. So it's pretty phenomenal, and so I was using that, but I was still struggling to really get it because I just spent three and a half years. You know, in another state with such a support group that if I didn't feel like going, I just had to show up and people would get me to run. Yeah. Now I went <clears throat> from that to I got nothing. It's just me and my motivation outside of the couple people that I knew that were doing some CrossFit or whatever. Um, so trying to dig back in personally, right, trying to figure out what it was that made me want to work out and not just throw in the towel and give up working out altogether. Um, I kind of found that in pushing for harder, like heavier weights. Yeah. There's just, there's just something about it that the, the push and the drive and the effort that it takes just to, you know, up your deadlift by a couple pounds or to, to keep drilling that form when it seems like you've been doing it 50,000 times, doing it that one extra time just to make sure your back didn't arch again. Something about all that just made it. You know, it, it referenced so much to me of like trying to keep myself disciplined and, you know, motivated and not just going through motions. Um, and so I got to the end of uh, 2018. And again, our good friend, April Hammond, I was talking with her <laughs> and I said, hey, I, I'm really considering trying a powerlifting meet. I'm going through this um, transformation challenge that Redcon One's putting on. It starts January 1st, 2019. Do you think this would work? And she found me a meet and hooked me up with everything. I was like, here, just go to the link, pay this money, and start training. I've got a plan for you. Yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of hard to say no when you've got that. And my wife is so supportive of any fitness endeavor I've ever taken on. So, naturally, she was hounding me to make sure that I bought it and, you know, the, the USPA membership and the meet. And then I just signed up and went. So what was your what was the process for for training for that? Um, it, it was the biggest thing was understanding that my heart rate wasn't going to be so elevated. Yeah, because the the thing that I was getting so much of from CrossFit was yeah, it may be forty five minutes, but my heart's going at 150, 160 beats a minute for a half hour of that time. Yeah. <laughs> So you know you're burning the weight, you know you're burning the the calories, and you're you're getting the weight off, and you're you know you're getting your workout in. I had to restructure it to allow myself a little more time because the training takes longer, um, and understand I wasn't going to get immediate results. You know, yeah. CrossFit's pretty gratifying when you because a lot of it you get the form down and then you can add the weight. Um, but with this, when you're talking about getting up in weight for powerlifting, your form has to be pretty much flawless um you know and you kind of do like a, a shift of okay now up in the weight my form is starting to falter stay at this weight and work on my form and then move up yeah but that was a whole 
progression that I just wasn't fully used to. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing I had to adapt to. So when you when you finally kind of got adapted to it, um, actually, when was your when was your meet? It was like you said beginning beginning of April, right? Yeah, April sixth. Okay, April sixth. <clears throat> and when did you? You said the end of twenty eighteen. You started to train for it. Um, January first of oh, this January year. Oh, January first. Okay. Yeah, it was when I actually I started the plan that I had. So you did a sixteen week plan. Yeah. Okay. So. Did you have any like struggles like trying to train for that or did everything go kind of smoothly or it was smooth for the first few weeks. Yeah. Um I started to notice that my my lack of benching prowess was coming through. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh and then something I hit pretty quickly was that the, the goals I'd set originally weren't going to happen at the meet. Yeah. You know, cuz I was also trying to cut fat. Um I, I was so I was on a fat cut um with RP strength. At okay. the same time, I was training for this meet, and everyone says the no-no is trying to cut fat while you're trying to put on, you know, while you're trying to up your PRs. Um, but that's what I was trying for, and probably about six or seven weeks in, I was starting to plateau on some stuff, and I, I started to, I think I started missing lifts around week nine or ten. Yeah, and I kind of had to restructure and back up and understand that it wasn't the end of the world that this was my first time so just figure out where you are and then move on from there were you trying to were you, you say you were cutting so you were trying to cut for just just to get in a weight class or just aesthetically or well originally it was um it was fueled by two things so one the the redcon one it was called the readiness trials yeah it was the first 12 weeks of the year um the winner received forty thousand dollars so originally, I'm not going to lie, this was a, <laughs> hey, I, I think I have a shot because he said that most of the people that enter don't actually finish. Yeah. So, but it, was, it wasn't long before that kind of took a backseat. I was trying to figure out how to eat properly from all the years of my childhood and, you know, early adulthood where I felt like I just didn't want to eat anything because I didn't want to put on an extra pound. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out how to properly eat. And RP strength is really good with the science behind food intake. Um, so it quickly turned into a, I'm just trying to get healthier. And I really don't care about the money. I actually would love to do good at the competition. Um, I started to lose weight pretty quick. And before I knew it, the five pounds that I was expecting to lose over the whole 12 weeks was lost in like four. <laughs> and how much, it, how much did you end up losing for that, that whole, that whole cut? So I, I started at, at 172 pounds. The day of the meet, I weighed in at 145.4. Oh, wow. So it was about 30 pounds. Oh, wow. And I thought I was going to lose five. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. So did, did that impact you anymore? Like just for like being in your weight class, did it mess you up or anything? Well, it, it actually made it better. I When I started to lose the extra weight, I was looking at state records and realized that at my current lifts, I could take on the state records for the lower weight class if I could get under 148.8. Yeah. And so it honestly fueled it more. It, it made me, it made it really that there was no way I was going to give up. You know, I was, I was getting tired of food prep at times and I really just wanted to eat what everyone else was eating, but I, I, kept thinking to myself, if you had a state record in less than a year of living in a state, 
how cool would that be? Yeah. So just keep going with it. And I, I really didn't notice too much until about, I'd say the, about two or three weeks out, I started to feel the, the lack of mass that I originally had versus the weights that I was still taking on. Yeah. And that was when I kind of had to decide that I was going to cut my, keep my PRs at, at the points that they were at and just try to work on stability so that, you know, cause you have to be stable before you start your lift or they won't even let you start. Yeah. So I kind of focused on stability for the last couple of weeks. So we're at the meet. And yep. How did the meet go? Like how, how, how was that for you? Like going into it? I was an absolute nervous wreck. <laughs> I was, I mean, I got there and I just, I couldn't, I, I don't know. I got so nervous. Um, just thinking of what could go wrong or, you know, were my lifts really there? Cause I still felt like, Oh, pinch me. This isn't real. Um, there's no way I'm actually doing this. Um, but despite that, I was doing, I was actually doing really well. I set up for my, so the first lift of the day squats, um, I get out there and that was going to be a state record, just my opener. Yeah. So I get out there, um, I get onto the bar, get the bar off the rack. I squat, I come back up, I place it down. I mean, perfect form, no falter. I turn around and I see three big red circles. Oh, wow. And for those of you who may not know, that means that they all failed your lift. And I, I look back and I'm like, what's what? And the one guy behind the computer is going, that was a perfect lift. And I looked at someone else and they go, you never waited for the judge's cue. Oh, come on. <laughs> I went up there. I just picked up the bar. And for squats, they tell you what they yell out, squat. And I didn't wait. So first one failed despite a perfect squat. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was a big um, eye opener for me in understanding not just the lifting but the cues. Um, I went back and hit it. You know, I hit a 303, the second squat, and yeah. set the record, so it was fine. And honestly, the rest of the meet did go really well. Did you have any um, problems with your – you said bench was your problem before. Like, did you have any problem with your bench? I actually struggled a lot there. So I was – I put up 195 for my first. And it was a little rough, but it felt okay. Yeah. Um, my progression was supposed to be 195. 210 for the state record and then 225 and i couldn't get 210 up oh, wow. it just it just i hit that there's that sticking point right after you come off your chest mm -hmm. my, my left arm is noticeably weaker than my right and my right arm would move up and my left arm sat still yeah. and i just i couldn't get it up and that that was i was i have no problem saying that i was so frustrated i got back to my seat and my wife, Catherine, she put her hand on my shoulder and I really expected just flat out started crying. Just, just the amount of adrenaline and the emotion and, you know, how many weeks I'd been going after and I wanted all three state records in, in a, one in every lift and I missed it. And I just, I mean, that just, it, it kind of crushed me, which it, it, I mean, it shouldn't, right? It was my first time, but Again, as we were saying earlier, I tend to get so competitive that I couldn't let that go. Yeah. And so how did your deadlift go? That, for some reason, I, I love deadlifts. Let me, let me preface well, I know it with this. That. I know you love deadlifts. <laughs> if anyone ever sees me deadlift, it's always smiles and like throwing arms for making them and 
Um, so I got up to deadlifts and had zero problem, no nerves, no stress. Um, I also took the time to make sure I ate extra to make sure my body was fueled because I was starting to feel a little fatigued. Yeah. Um, put up one, two, three, my third lift, no problem. Uh, 145 pound guy putting up 419. So it, uh, it felt pretty good and I could have done more. You know, my, my PR is 425 and I probably could have hit that at that lift, um, had I done it. So deadlift went well. And so you broke records with the squat and deadlift, right? Squat and deadlift and the, um, and the total. Oh, okay. And total for it. Yeah. So you ended up breaking three records? Yep. And they're finally up on the USPA website. I went and checked two nights ago and they're up there with a certificate. My name's plastered. If you go to the USPA.com website, um, go for, go look up the non-drug tested because that's what this test this meat was. Yeah. Um, non-drug tested in the state of South Carolina. The sixty-seven and a half kilogram class has me listed in squat, deadlift, and total. That's impressive for like your first meet. Like that's super impressive because a lot of people take two, three, four meets just to even hit like any kind of state records. And I think I think April hit hers like for for her second meet. I think so. Third. Like it took her a couple of meets for her to hit state records too, but that's impressive, dude. Thank you. <laughs> it, it was, it, it's, and it still is surreal. I mean, I, I, I was there and the whole time Catherine's telling me, Jonathan, they're all like, they're all talking about you and they're all looking at you. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, right. That, I mean, that's the powerlifting community. The yeah. one thing that I've come to understand is they're so supportive. You feel like everyone's your best friend. But by the time I got out of it, I realized that they were actually looking at me. Yeah. And everyone was after – after that first squat, they realized two things. One, I was brand new. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. But two, I was brand new and still lifting. So I just kind of – I guess I guess it was the, the thing of where did this guy come from? Now he's starting to do things. And so setting records just left and right like that. It kind of it made impressions on people. Yeah, so it, it just seems like everything that you've done, um, just with weight loss, with running, with CrossFit, with powerlifting, it's all been kind of a sense of community for you. Yeah, it's it's been. Um, I've built I've built most of my closest friendships. I mean, we're not even in the same state, and I've. I've still kept up. We've still kept up with each other and yeah. spoken quite a bit, even since I've left. I mean, that just speaks to the, the the quality of the friendships and the relationships that I've established in my fitness communities. Um, and I think that really lends itself to the fact that if you're really involved in it, people see you at your highs and your lows. Yeah. There's no there's no cover over your face. They see what you are for how you are. No, definitely. So. What do you have coming up? Like, do you have any more powerlifting meets or do you have anything else coming up on the docket? Yeah, I didn't take too long. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I qualified for nationals and I wanted to go, but it filled up, I think, before I even qualified. Oh, wow. Um, But then there's a meet pretty much in my backyard. It's 15 minutes from the house um, on the 15th of June. And so I'm setting up for that now. I've already signed up and... Uh, been training for that, trying to see if I can add at least a hundred pounds to my total, and um, and go back and 
most importantly, take that bench lifter, that bench record. Yeah. <laughs> so I will have that, you know, come hell or high water by the time that ends. Are you staying in the same weight class or are you going to try a different weight class? I'm going to stay in the same one. I'm, I'm seeing that the, the lifts I've got, I've always liked being able to do more than I look like I can do. Um, now it's not really that case because there's a lot more muscle since I cut the fat that I had that mm-hmm. I didn't know I had. Um, but being small and lifting big is something that I really enjoy. It's very, uh, it's very, it sound funny, but it's very biblical to me. You know, you think of, you think of like David and Goliath. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Yeah, definitely. You know, such a small dude taking down a giant. And that's, I mean, I, I structure a lot of, you know, I structure my life off of biblical concepts and just the Bible and God itself, um, himself. Um, so when I look at that, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need to do. No, you, you, you're, you're killing it, man. Like I, 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 I've watched your journey, like since you, since you left here and like, you're, you're always finding your groove in, in anything you do. Like, like you found, you found your groove from CrossFit and then you definitely found your groove from powerlifting. So like, dude, I'm, I'm watching you and I'm giving you like a digital, like a, a digital high five right now. Cause like, dude, you're killing yeah. it. I appreciate that. I do. So is it's, there, is, is there anything like that you, is there any kind of advice you want to give to people who like maybe struggling with just like weight loss or finding that community or like, is there anything like any kind of advice you want to give people? You know, I think the, yeah, actually the biggest thing I, I always want to tell people is to, um, find the, the reasoning for why you're doing it has to be valid. Um, you know, so for me, I look at it a little more, um, religiously too, and understand that, you know, God says my body's supposed to be a temple, right? Um, there's verses that talk about discipline being painful in the moment, but then being peaceful later on. Um, and so for me, it's for, for that, for me, it's the understanding of, you know, this, it it may be hard. Nothing says it's going to be easy or even fun all the time, but I understand what my goal is. And my goal is to be healthy, you know, for that reason, for my wife, for my daughter, um, just for, you know, for me, so I'm able to do things, you know, make sure you find your reason. Even, even the big, um, the big communities like CrossFit, the before you even get to form, before you even get to movements or meets or lifts, your their their base of the triangle is nutrition. You yeah. know, so for them, they're basing it around be again being healthy. Um, so it's it's got to be the right motivation because if if you say, yeah, I, I want that summer bod hashtag summer bod that that's <laughs> great, but but you're gonna walk out and find someone who looks better. Yeah. Just plain and simple. And when it comes winter, you can't even show it off because you're cold, unless you live in Southeast Texas. But <laughs> so it, it just, you know, it, it's got to be proper motivation. Make sure that the reason you're doing it is one that's meaningful and not just something that's for a look or for a post. Yeah. So, one more question. Um, what do you want your legacy to be? Like, what do you want to be remembered for? That's something I've been <laughs> working on a lot in my head, and I think that's part of why I've jumped around so many different um, exercise avenues. Um, I know it's definitely something with fitness, but again, for me, it's also always something um, spiritual. Yeah. You know, so the fact that I I want in the end of my life to have been a representation of Christ, 
And the way I feel that I'm best able to relate to people with that is through fitness. You know, so I, I, I want to be remembered not just as someone who had state records um, and not, not even just as someone who had all the right things in line, yeah. but someone who was able to draw that line and define the idea of, you know, it, it's great to set records, but it's also great to just take care of yourself and understand that, you know, the bodies we have aren't meant to be taken for granted. It's, it's a gift every day to be able to get up and, you know, walk right out of bed, go down the stairs, you know, use your hands or use your hand or use your leg or whatever to accomplish your tasks. And that's, that's the thing I want to be known for that. It, do, it doesn't matter, you know, how, how high up you are, how far down you are, that, <clears throat> that I, I can show someone that they're worth it. They're worth my time and they're worth their time. Yeah. Well, John, I really appreciate you coming on and just sharing your story. And, Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. It was yeah. great. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they find you on social media? Uh, yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. That's uh, at We Run With Jesus. Um, you could also go ahead and shoot me an email. That's um, my last name, Simons, S Y M O N S, 444 at gmail.com. Um, you do one of those two things, you will find me. And if not, they could always reach out to you and you can just give all my life details out and. <laughs> They'll come knocking on my doorstep. Yeah. Well, like I said before, like I, I really appreciate you coming on and just sharing your story. And like, you're, you're always inspiring me. Just, just the way you said I inspire you. Like, you're always inspiring me to just be better in, in my day. So, I appreciate it. Oh, uh, you can't see me blushing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank John for coming on and sharing his story. John has a unique story, and the dude inspires me every day to just be a little better and just to push myself to, to do something more than I'm doing now. And I really appreciate the things that he's doing. Um, it's such a, he's such a competitor and I, and I just really appreciate that he pushes himself and he makes me want to push myself even more. Definitely follow him on Instagram. He, he posts a lot of his workouts and you should definitely give him a follow. And if you want to follow John on Instagram, his Instagram handle is at we run with Jesus. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Willie Gillis. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me at what I live for podcast at gmail.com. And with that, I will see you guys next week.